What is good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Stats and Mags. I am Stats, Rob Guerrero, and with me, as always, Michelle Majuk from BallBlastFootball.com. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. We are six days away from knowing who the 49ers franchise quarterback is. This is our last show before the draft, and I am like going through stages. I don't want to say grief. I don't know what is happening to me. Now I'm like super worried that Mac Jones is going to be the pick after being super (laughs) confident that he wasn't going to be the pick. I've got like the shakes over here. I think I have a fever. Like I'm in bad shape. You know what? It's going to be okay if it's Mac Jones. And I want to talk about that in a little bit, but I I do agree with you. It feels like the closer we get to the draft day, it just, even after Justin Fields and Trey Lance had their second pro days of throwing uh, in front of the 49ers, it still feels like it's going back to everyone saying it's most likely going to be Mac Jones. We are going to talk about that. Why it might be okay if the 49ers take Mac Jones. We're going to talk about what they might do with their second pick because there's some interesting odds that you made me aware of of what they're going to go there. And then we're also going to look at uh, basically one player for each NFC West team that should make you a little bit nervous if you're a 49ers fan because that is part of watching the draft. You want the other teams in your division to screw it up. So these, we'll give you some guys that if they do get picked, Maybe you should start to worry a little bit. Before we do that, a couple of things. First, rate, review, and subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We have a ton of great stuff coming up. We are going to do a live draft show on draft night at 8 o'clock. All the Niners Nation podcasters, unfortunately, not you, Michelle, because you're going to be working for NFL Network, but you will have a chance to react to the next day or on Saturday. So we'll have a special podcast for that. But all the other Niners Nation people are going to be in the draft pool and we're going to be talking about the pick and reacting and all that stuff. So we want you to join us on the Niners Nation YouTube page or Facebook page. Subscribe if you haven't done that already. And uh, also, we have a new feature here to the Niners Nation Podcast Network, and that is the Niners Nation Hot Take Hotline. I tweeted about this a few days ago. It's basically a place where you can call us up, leave a message, leave your hot take, something you like, something you don't like. And just let us know what you're thinking. The number is 415-409-8220. And we got, Michelle, a fantastic <laughs> voice message. I, I don't know who it's from. They didn't like leave a name or a Twitter handle or anything. They just called us up. And here's what they dropped on the Niners Nation Hot Take Hotline. Hey, yo, yo, Mike, check. Is this thing on? Check it. If Matt Jones is going to be the next Tom Brady, then I'm going to be the next chicka chicka slim shady. Are they crazy? Yeah, maybe. But Jones is chin. This guy just seems a mite bit lazy. Look, it ain't McCorkle. So much smoke about the choke. I think I need a mask and snorkel. This dork will be the fifth QB chosen. Slow, white, and heady. We already got Josh Rosen. Let's get real. I kind of get the Jones appeal, but McCorkle ain't got nothing when compared to Justin Fields. Feel the deal and stop pretending. As an athlete, he's I end and he's a tough mofo. Did you see that game versus Clemson? Going to get him. Turn in the card and don't look back. We're lucky if we get him with the third pick in the draft, and that's a fact. I like it. And if he's saying if Mac Jones is going to be the next Tom Brady, then he's the next Slim Shady, then maybe it's going to work out because he killed that. Uh, what would you call it? I, I'm not good with rap words. What, what would you <laughs> What would we call this? Freestyle, I guess. Yeah, he did great. Outstanding work. I wish I could give you credit, but like I said, I literally have no idea who that was, but outstanding work by you. Please call us up. Leave your hot takes. We will be happy to play them on the show. Okay. 
Let's get into this Mac Jones thing because I have been a staunch person on the side of it's going to be Fields or it's going to be Lance. I don't have like any particular sources, but I do know a couple people who know more than the average fan. I talked to them yesterday and the impression I got was that we are not looking closely enough at Mac Jones film, that he does extend the play more than you think, and that he makes throws in tight windows and with people around him more than you think. You have told me privately that you think it's going to be okay if the 49ers take Mac Jones. Calm me down a little bit, Michelle. Why is it going to be okay? Listen, I think we're all overreacting about the 49ers taking Mac Jones, and it's only because how much they gave up to go to the third overall pick. If they picked him where they were at 12, everyone would be ecstatic. They'd be super happy because they should be. Also, if Justin Fields was going number two to the Jets, I don't think Mac Jones going over Zach Wilson would be all that wild. So I think it's just the fact that Justin Fields is sitting there that it's making us all lose our minds that it could be Mac Jones. But Mac Jones does fit the Kyle Shanahan system. He is super accurate also. So he's going to hit those guys in stride and allow his playmakers to do the work uh, after the catch. And he's going to put them in the perfect position to get the most out of them. And I think, I don't know if Kyle Shanahan wants to change his whole entire system right now for a running quarterback. Like maybe he just wants an upgrade to Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, some guy that can hit the wide receiver perfectly or the tight end. And that's just not what he has. And Jimmy and, you know, Garoppolo can't stay on the field healthy either. So hopefully Mac Jones can, but also I am a little confused why people would rather have Trey Lance. Like I get the Justin Fields thing, but if we're looking at percent, oh my goodness, percentage of accurate throws, 10 plus yards on the field since 2018, these are the ranks in FBS. It's Number one is Joe Burrow at 57%. Number two is Justin Fields at 56%. But Mac Jones is right there at 56% as well. So he's number three. Then you go down the list. You have Trey Lance at 154 at 36% accurate of 10 uh, when you're he's passing 10 yards down the field I, I don't really get the whole I want Trey Lance over Mac Jones thing like if it's not Justin Fields it better be Trey Lance you, we haven't seen a lot from him he hasn't faced tough competition uh and he had one year as a starter also like Mac Jones but I think playing in the SEC and playing in the FCS is completely different <laughs> Trey Lance never had to throw the ball he averaged 18 passing attempts per game and every time he threw the ball it was to a wide open wide receiver and he wasn't even accurate with those wide open wide receivers we see there was never defenders around these guys they're so worried about him running they didn't care when he threw the ball (laughs) so mac jones actually has good experience and like you said he is hitting guys in tight windows perfectly like he just knows how to drop the ball exactly where it needs to go and he's not as un athletic as people are saying like he ran a 47940 he's a young kid like he'll be able to scramble he's not a rope like he's not made of china he can move around he'll be okay so that's what i want like i don't need a guy that can scramble for 100 yards a game like that's great if you've got it but i don't need it what i do need is a guy that can extend the play Mike McGlinchey blocks like a rusty gate at right tackle. When he lets his guy blow past him, I need a quarterback that can sidestep that pass rusher or just roll to his left to buy himself a few more extra seconds to find the open guy. That's all I need. If you're telling me Mac Jones can do that and do it consistently, then I'm, I guess, a little more okay with it 
But I think part of the angst from 49ers fans is what you were saying before, which is you could have probably gotten this guy at 12 or maybe six or maybe eight. Like, did you have to move all the way up to three to get this guy and give up three first round draft picks plus a third? Probably not. And that's what is so confusing. But if this is their guy, this is who they wanted, then instead of risking it, because there could be another team that is high, maybe they heard the Patriots were looking to move up because everyone's connecting Mac Jones to the Patriots. So maybe they're worried that they're going to move up to four or something like that. So they just decided, you know what, we want to go get our guy. What's the difference between moving up to six or three? Like you're going to pay up either way. I I think Mac Jones is a better player than people are giving him credit for. And now he's getting like killed throughout this draft process because of the situation. And it's not fair to him. And like you said, feeling pressure in the pocket is what Mac Jones excels in. Like, no, he's not the fastest guy out there, but he feels the pressure so well, steps up when he needs to, gets rid of the ball when he needs to. Like he has the best pocket pocket presence in this draft class, I think. I think that Mac Jones is getting killed by people like us and fans. I don't think he's getting killed by the national media. Like, in fact, I think there sometimes I think where can be they can be a little light on him. Let me read you a line from an article. This is on NFL.com. This is from Tom Pelissero. It's like anonymous comments about all the quarterbacks and and you know what they're good at, blah, blah, blah. This is what I don't like. It says starting just 17 college games, Jones was extremely productive. After waiting his turn behind Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa, he wasn't waiting his turn. This isn't like when you're at the supermarket and the person behind you in the line has one item and you let them go. He wasn't waiting his turn. He couldn't beat those guys out for jobs. Like he wasn't good enough to beat out Hurts and to beat out Tungavailoa. Yet it's phrased as like, oh, he was just sitting back and waiting his turn. That doesn't make any sense to me. He couldn't win the quarterback competition. But remember that Justin Fields couldn't win the quarterback competition in Georgia, and that's why he had a transfer to Ohio State. So if you're going to use that against uh, Mac Jones, you have to also use it against our boy. Like, I'm not – you know me. I want this to be Justin Fields. But if you're going to use that against Mac Jones, you have to use it against Justin Fields. And that's fair. But I feel like Fields has gotten dinged for that, but yet Mac Jones isn't. And that's my issue. Yeah, no, 100%. Justin Fields is just getting – not for anything he does. He could walk the wrong way down the street and someone's <laughs> going to talk about it. It's just, it's insane. I, I tweeted out uh, the other day that said, top five players who hate the NFL draft process and then one through five was Justin Fields because <laughs> that man cannot do anything. Yeah, I don't understand how, like he seemingly has done nothing wrong in his college career and yet he's not the first quarterback off the board. He's not going to be the second quarterback off the board. And he may not even be the third quarterback off the board. That's another reason I want the Niners to take him. He's going to have a massive, massive chip on his shoulder coming into the league. And I especially want to see when the Niners play the Jags this year, I want to see Trevor Lawrence against Justin Fields. It'd be awesome. It it would be amazing. We still have hope. We still have hope. I do, I will never understand my 49ers fans though. Want Trey Lance over Mac Jones. I think that we want the mobility. Like so strongly. Like I get like if they were close and yes, the mobility is fine, but you're just going to totally give away the accuracy. Like I think that is important. His best bet, right, is he turns into Lamar Jackson. 
But Lamar Jackson has won as many playoff games as Baker Mayfield, who Baker Mayfield isn't as mobile and he is more way more accurate. Like that's what he was known for coming out of school is his accuracy. And Baker's had terrible coaching, terrible system, uh, not as great of a defense. Like Lamar Jackson has had everything perfectly around him. You couldn't ask for anything better besides a wide receiver one. I guess, but like his coaching and his system and his defense, like everything's been so great for him. And there's been no change in anything. It's just like just stability and he can't win a playoff game. So is that what you want? Like a, a player that defense is good. Defenses learn how to stop. And once you stop the run game, like they're done, like they, they use their run game to be a good passer. And if you take away his run game, then you're just screwed. Like, do you want that kind of player? I don't I don't know. Justin Fields is a pass first quarterback who can run. And that's what I love about him. Yes, that's what I want. I want a guy who uses his running ability as a break glass in case of emergency kind of skill. I want a guy who stays in the pocket, extends plays, looks, 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 and then says, okay, it's not there and takes off. Lamar Jackson is successful primarily because of his mobility. And I feel like that's why he hasn't had as much success as some of the other people that you mentioned. Fields, to me, seems to be a really good balance of accurate passing and a guy that can run a four, what, what did he run, like a four, five? It's insane. Yeah, he was in the four fours, I think, for one of his runs. Justin Fields is the clear, obvious, correct answer. It's just, do the 49ers make it? I I don't know. Probably not. (sighs) All right, let's move off pick one. Uh, We've talked about it an incredible amount. We're still going to talk about it next week. But for the purposes of this episode, because you passed along some some odds to me, and I believe these are DraftKings, right? Yeah, these are DraftKings odds. They have so many bets on that site. Now, you like in PA, where I am, you can't bet on the draft, which is so silly. I can bet on anything else just right on the app. PA allows you to, but for the NFL draft, we're not allowed to bet. So I'm not sure uh, who's allowed to bet on this app or not. Okay, that's really weird. Just for that one specific event, you can't bet, but you can bet anything else you want. Yes, it's very odd. Wow, I don't know. I wonder why that is. Maybe, but there's always sites that you can find betting on that is not DraftKings or FanDuel. So here's the specific bet you sent to me. You can pick the exact position of the team's second drafted player. Now, keep in mind, this could be a second round pick, but it could also be if the 49ers were to trade back up into the first round this year, it would be that pick. So it doesn't have to be a second round pick. It could be a third round pick if they were to trade out of the second round. It's just the second drafted player. And according to DraftKings, the best odds are at offensive line. That is plus 200. That means you win $200 if you bet $100. Then it's cornerback at plus 250, linebacker at plus 500, receiver at plus 700, defensive line at plus 800. And then there are a bunch of others. Do you agree with DraftKings, Michelle, that it's likely going to be offensive line? I don't know because I do. I put out a mock draft, and yes, I had them taking Landon Dickerson, the center. So yes, I guess I agree with them. But plus two hundred, still nice. Like if you want to throw down ten dollars and just win twenty bucks, if you think that's what they're going to take, that's not too bad. The one that sticks out to me the most, though, is safety at plus eleven hundred. I go with the ten dollars. You went with the hundred dollars. Like I, my brain works better that way because I would never put down a hundred dollars on a bet. But I like throwing down ten dollars. Uh, you would win a hundred and ten dollars if they draft a safety. 
I think that's very likely. Like that's a a need for them. And I don't expect more than one safety to go in the first round. So there's going to be that second group of safeties available to them that are all really great playmakers. I could totally see them grabbing one of them with their second pick. And if it is a second round pick, that's 43. So that's pretty early in the second round also. Um, I could see offensive line. I could see safety that, and especially with that number, plus 1100. That's that is uh, tempting. My brain went to defensive line, which is plus eight hundred. I'm really fascinated by the defensive line at that number because Kyle and John have both said repeatedly that they believe you build a team along the lines. And I know they signed a couple defensive linemen recently, but I I just wonder if maybe that's where they want to go to really stock up because they know they're going to have injuries. So they're trying to sort of build in redundancies. Yeah, I there are like a good amount of defensive linemen that will be there as well. Like if you think tackle is a need, I think Christian Barmore from Alabama might be the only defensive tackle that will go in the first round. So again, they're going to have their choice from the second group of guys. Now, I do think the defensive line group is less deep like once you get to the second group of guys it's like eh, you might as well just wait to the third fourth round to pick one with those safeties i just think they're a difference maker and that's why i'm going with them because you guys need to find someone that is going to create those turnovers those like just big splash plays and i think there's three of them that are going to be sitting there for the 49ers javon holland out of oregon jamar johnson out of indiana or andre cisco out of syracuse i think any of those three guys would be very good picks for the 49ers in the second round. I would hundred percent put down 10 bucks safety plus 1100. Clearly I'm stuck on this. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I noticed about these odds, if you go to the bottom of the list at the, <laughs> the last one, they list kicker, punter, long yeah. snapper at plus 10,000. Who is making that bet? Like it's, that will never have unless the 49ers traded all their picks and didn't take another guy until the seventh round. Like there is no way that is happening. <laughs> Who is placing any money on that bet whatsoever? They do it because they know some people will just put down $1 on each team and then they make a free dollar. Like this is people see those odds and you're just like, Oh, I might as well put down $1. Cause I'd win a lot of money, you know, like, and it's just $1. Who cares? But for them, it's like if all these people are putting down $1. Now, the Bucks did draft a kicker in the second round not too long ago. Aguayo? Roberto Aguayo. Yeah, they yeah, traded Terrible up. pick. Yeah, terrible pick. But they did pick him in the second round. So I saw that and I was like, let me go back and look. And, of course, Sebastian Janikowski was taken in the first round by the Raiders in 2000. And I was all set to crush them because, oh, what a terrible pick. Obviously, they could have had Tom Brady, which, of course... Everybody could have had Tom Brady. Everyone could, yeah. They could have drafted Janikowski and still had Tom Brady, but he wasn't the worst pick ever. Like, it wasn't a horrible pick by the Raiders. If you look at who went after him and considering how good Janikowski was and how long he played, it wasn't the worst pick I've ever seen in the first round. No, he was a great kicker, and I'm sure there was a ton of busts in the first round, just like there always are. And with the Raiders' first-round picks, they've, you know, they picked other positions who totally busted <laughs> multiple, multiple times, even as of late. So, yeah, I, I, at the time, it's silly. You know, like, why are you wasting a first round pick on a kicker? But it ended up working out. Not the worst pick. 
Very true. Al Davis got laughed out of the building and he kind of had the last laugh on that one. Okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll start to look at one guy for each team in the NFC West that you should be sweating about if it goes down, because that's part of how I watch the draft. I hate watch it. I want to see the Seahawks screw it up and the Rams and the Cardinals, of course. So we'll do that when we come back. We're back here on Stats and Mags. And all right, Michelle, big part of the draft is who the other teams in your division take. I've been so focused on the 49ers, I haven't even really looked at the rest of the draft picks in the NFC West. I did see that the Rams have this draft house. Have you seen this? Oh, I have. It looks beautiful. I wish I was there. It is a house in Malibu that they have like rented out. It's sponsored by like Rocket Mortgage or somebody. I don't know who it's sponsored by. And it just, I mean, it's the most beautiful, gorgeous place you've ever seen in your life. There's pools and, you know, all these amazing views. It's kind of interesting because the Rams, you know, they don't have a first round pick for like the next decade, but apparently they're going with the draft house. But all right, you have selected some prospects that we should worry about as 49er fans if they wind up in the NFC West. Let's start with the Rams. No first round draft pick, but they do have, you know, other picks, obviously, on Friday and Saturday. What do you got for us? Yeah, and the Rams, I guess it does make sense to go to Malibu, though, right? Like, why go to Cleveland, sit in a draft room where you can't even really eat or drink in there, I I don't believe, with COVID, or you have to have, like, all these restrictions. You don't even have a first-round pick. So what's the point of being there? Like, go have fun, go hang out, watch the draft, think about everything you want to do in a nice area. Totally with them there. I want (laughs) to work for the Rams. But I think think one area that is very possible for them to grab – in the second round is a cover linebacker. So that inside linebacker, they really, really need to upgrade. And if they can grab Zayvon Collins from Tulsa, I think that would be a huge issue for the 49ers because he's probably the best coverage linebacker in this class. And he would be able to shut down George Kittle the best way you can. I mean, George Kittle's not easy to shut down, but I do think he would do a very good job against George Kittle. And that's an area that the Rams have struggled in for a while is that inside linebacker that can actually cover. Now I do think they would have to move up for Collins and I don't know if they would be able to do that, but I do think I have him falling out of the first round, but I feel like in the Sean McVay era, they have moved up. So it is possible if they miss out on Collins, I think Jabril Cox is that nice, you know, second type of guy that they would plan B. And he is also a very good uh, coverage linebacker. Another one that could stay with George Kittle or even go in the slot. He's smaller than Collins. Collins is 265 pounds. He's a beast. Yeah, he's a beastly man. 6'4", 265 pounds. Cox is smaller than that. He can kind of like go in the slot also if he wanted to and cover the wide receivers. He would be a nice get for them as well. Like if you're playing the 49ers, you have to be able to cover the middle of the field. That's basically the only spot they throw to. So it would, you're right. It would be smart for the Rams to pick up a linebacker who's going to have to to guard Kittle, like you mentioned, or even the backside of the backfield. The Niners love to run that little Texas route with the running back out of the backfield, especially in key situations. So that I could see how that would make me nervous. I don't want the Rams to have good and, you know, defense in the middle of the field for sure. Uh, Let's go to Seattle next as much as I hate them. What should I be worried about with the Seahawks? I mean, you're not going to have to be worried much about the Seahawks in this draft. They have three total picks, <laughs> three. And one of them is a seventh rounder. So like, Oof. just throw that out. They don't have a first round pick. They don't have a third round pick. They don't have a fifth or a sixth. So the real only one that they're probably have to smash, like they have to kill it is in the second round. It's their only pick in the top three rounds. 
And you're thinking like they have to go tackle here. So it's like er, offensive line, at least because Russell Wilson is going to blow a gasket if they do not draft a lineman for him, because they did very little in free agency when all he's been saying is, please just protect me. I think the one guy that you don't want them to be able to get is Walker Little. He's a tackle out of Stanford. Like I said, they need to find a gem. So it's not just grab a guy in the second round that's a second round prospect. Like they need to find a guy that fell to the bottom of the second round for a reason. And it's because for this guy, it's injuries. So coming out of high school, he was a five-star prospect, ninth best overall recruit in the country. And then his freshman year at Stanford, he played instantly like a first round NFL draft pick. Like he was a star. He was going to be a first round pick. But then in 2019, he suffered a knee injury. And then in 2020, he opted out due to COVID. So he hasn't played for two straight years. And that's what's going to make him fall into the second round and possibly to the Seahawks pick. But I do think that's the pick you have to be most worried about if they end up grabbing him there. But then the rest of the draft, you really don't have to sweat it out at all. So that's interesting because I wonder where the Seahawks are coming down on this. Do they think that the relationship with Russell Wilson can be saved? In which case focus on offensive line in the draft, or have they kind of privately said, you know what, Russell's got one foot out the door. We're not thrilled with him either, the way he's sort of handled this thing. We'll do what's best for the organization, and we'll get a bunch of picks when we trade Russell Wilson. So we'll go with, you know, best player available in the second round. Yeah, but also you want to protect your new guy, right? Whoever you bring in after Russell Wilson, I do think they need to upgrade the line. Like, that's a big need. And I do think if Walker Little's sitting there, he could be the best player available. It's a risky pick. Don't get me wrong. We haven't seen him on the field for two years, but he was that star prospect that would be going. He might be going as one of the top tackles in this class, along with Rashawn Slater and uh, Penny Sewell, if he never missed, you know, he never got that knee injury and opted out last year. It's a big, like, what if, but it could happen. It could have happened. All right. And let's do with the little engine that couldn't in the division, the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. And they're actually one of the ones that, have a first round pick and they're right in the middle. They're the 16th overall pick. They can move up if they want to. Now they don't have a third or fourth round pick. So I don't know, you know, they don't have a ton of draft capital to be able to move up, but I could see either Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith falling to them or getting close enough that they wouldn't have to give up too much to move up. Those are both obviously Alabama wide receivers, if I'm thinking about which one should make you more nervous, I am kind of going with Jalen Waddle here. Devonta Smith is my dude. I'm not worried about the 166 pound frame. Uh, I think, you know, he already proved he was an outlier. 166 pound, six foot wide receivers don't fall out in the SEC the way he did. 1800 yards, 22 receiving touchdowns. Like that's absurd. I think he's going to be great in the NFL, but for the Cardinals offense, they already have their Devonta Smith and DeAndre Hopkins. That's that 160 target guy. Go get Jalen Waddle. He's going to open up that offense like crazy. And it's going to be really, really hard to put all the focus on DeAndre Hopkins. When you have Jalen Waddle, who's just a playmaker, he can get down the field. He's a baller. Like he's a wide receiver that defenses have to be scared of. And I think he would open up that entire offense, make the running game easier, make everything easier for uh, Kyler Murray. He's the biggest worry, I think for the 49ers, unless, unless the Cardinals could figure out a way to get Kyle Pitts, then, then oh. you're sweating, you're sweating hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even don't even speak that into existence. You're right. That would be terrifying. Waddle, I'm sure, would be fine. 
the the Smith thing though, like I'm amazed that people are so concerned about his weight. I saw this tweet from at Stephanie Smalls who wrote, That's my girl. I, I can gain 10 pounds in one weekend of drunk Taco Bell orders. I promise you Smith can gain 10 pounds in a professional NFL club. Like, yeah, like he can gain weight. He doesn't have to be that weight for the rest of his career. If it's like really that important to you, it's not like Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray where you're like, man, I wish you could grow a few inches. Like that's not happening. Smith can add weight anytime he wants if you're that concerned about it. But I agree. Like he didn't just play at Alabama and he wasn't just like a solid player. He won the Heisman Trophy. Like, do you know how good you have to be as a non-quarterback to win the Heisman Trophy? And he didn't win a church raffle to get that thing. He did it because he was a monster on the field. I agree with you. If you like wide receivers and you need a wide receiver, to rule this guy out just because of the number on the scale is dumb to me. Yes, he definitely can gain weight, you would think. But then at the same time, I am a little worried that he's had this whole offseason and he can't gain 10 pounds. Like, come on. Like, what are you doing? Eat some <laughs> McDonald's, get out. Like, you're not even doing the testings. Like, he didn't do the 40, so it's not like you'd be worried you'd lose speed. I don't get why he couldn't just get up his weight this offseason. That's what worries me. It is crazy that this class has so many, like, wide receivers with questions about either their height, their weight, or both of them. But it seems like there's a bunch of guys. Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore, Smith, as you mentioned. Like, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how teams sort of factor that into their draft plans i agree this draft class is kind of odd one more thing i wanted to point out for the cardinals a pick that probably makes more sense for them they desperately need a corner i think jc horn would be one that would worry you i think he has the best potential to be a shutdown corner in this class patrick sertan might be a better overall prospect right now but I think Korn actually has that ability to shut down guys. He's actually uh, only allowed one wide receiver to ever record 50 plus yards in a game in his college career. And that was Devonta Smith at 60 yards. So it was barely over 50. Uh, he's played a lot of great wide receivers that have gone early and he's just shut them down completely. Yeah. Kyle Posey has said he thinks he's the best corner in the entire class. Uh, but I noticed in your mock that you did not have him going to the Cardinals. You had Caleb Farley going to Arizona. Yeah, I have Horn going earlier. I have, I think I have him going to the, the Eagles a bit earlier. Caleb Farley, though, he would be, I think, the top corner drafted. But with the back injury, you just don't know what's going to happen with him. And he might not even be ready before the season. I think that's too risky uh, to – I think the Cardinals can make that risky play. But as a 49ers fan, you might kind of like it. Like, okay. <laughs> back injuries always scare me. To me, it's, it's never, ever – no one ever has a back injury. And then you're like, oh, yeah, it turns out that wasn't a factor in his career. Like, they always get worse. I feel like we still haven't figured out how to fix back injuries – it's not like a knee or a shoulder or other stuff. To me, a back injury always scares me. I would want no part of anybody with a back injury if I was the Niners or anybody, really. Yeah, and at one second, you can feel fine. Like, one one week, your back can be like, oh, it's doing so good. And the very next week, you just make one wrong move, and it's destroyed. I have a bad back. And it's like, I can go months and months and months, and it's fine. And then all of a sudden, I lift one thing or I do one thing wrong, and it's like, it's out. And then you're stuck. Like, it's not like you, you're like immobile. It's horrible. Oh, it's, I never realized how bad back injuries were until this, it like just started a year ago. And when it just goes out, you, you're done. Like you can't do anything. You can't even like get off the couch. Let alone play defensive back in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 
I don't know how I would feel as an NFL team because you're you're taking a player that could be one of the best corners in this draft class and you're getting him at a nice value because of the injury. But then if he, you know, if he doesn't overcome the injury, then it's like, okay, that was a waste of a pick. All right. Well, you talked me down a little bit on the Mac Jones situation. I guess I feel a little bit better. I'm just worried that this is 2005 all over again when you've got Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback of his generation there, and Alex Smith. And somehow the 49ers took the guy that wasn't the best quarterback of his generation, the guy that can run, the guy that can throw like nobody we've ever seen. The Niners passed on that guy for Alex Smith. And I'm worried that the Niners are in prime position to take a quarterback again, and they are passing on these guys with incredible elite physical ability to bring in a guy in Mac Jones who essentially is Alex Smith. I I do think they would highly regret not taking Justin Fields and it's going to come back to haunt them. But at the same time, I think Mac Jones will be a good enough quarterback in the NFL. The the crappy thing for Mac Jones is do you even want to get taken by the 49ers? Because they're going to compare you now to Justin Fields and Trey Lance for the rest of your career. And you have to live up to them. Like there's no other options because you're going to be compared to them forever. That's true. If he goes later, like if he's the last quarterback off the board, he kind of doesn't, he's still get compared to them because they're in his class, but it's not going to be as like stark, like you mentioned, because the team that picked him had no other options. Everybody else was already gone. Whereas yeah. if the Niners pick him and they had the other option, I mean, uh, that's my nightmare. My nightmare is that we get Alex Smith and other two other teams essentially get Aaron Rodgers because the Niners passed again. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be rough. It, just hopefully it's all been a smoke screen. And when we're talking next, we're just happy as can be because Justin Fields is now the 49ers quarterback and we have a new podcast name because it's 100% going to have Fields in it. Let's just hope <laughs> we're very cheerful. Uh, I Look, from your lips to God's ears, let it be, please. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Again, we remind you, rate, review, and subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Please join us for the live draft show that's going to happen on next Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, Niners Nation Facebook page, Niners Nation YouTube channel. My personal Twitter will have it on Periscope. It's going to be a ton of fun. All the Niners Nation broadcasters are going to be into the pool, except for you, Michelle. But again, we're going to have plenty of time to break everything down. We will have a special weekend podcast for that, so it's going to be a ton of fun. Please, please join us. Enjoy the days. Keep crossing them off till we get to the draft, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.